Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, pretty good treat today. We've got Derek Sharp. My old uh, partner and friend and producer at the old WADAEA days is now with Bulls Unlimited. He's going to fill in today for Steve Versnick. Derek's always great to talk to you. Absolutely. We don't get to do it much in the show, but it's, it's great to have you, man. Thank you very much. I imagine uh, we'll touch very briefly on my current, and it's about to get really busy, goings on at USF oh, yeah. towards the end here. But I was uh, keeping a couple eyes on the uh, Bucks game uh, very curious, along with a lot of our listeners, about the QB situation and more, but always good to join. And uh, Steve will be back in a couple of days. Yep, he certainly will. And uh, you're right. I think that the talk all around Tampa Bay is about the quarterback situation and the fact that it just still remains unresolved. I mean, you look around the NFL, I don't know that there's that many, maybe one or two jobs. I know that uh, what uh, I think Sam Howell, one of those guys, got the job uh, in in Washington. They've named they've named uh, Bryce Young in Carolina. Um, maybe C.J. Stroud and Davis Mills are still somewhat undecided or unannounced. But by the time you listen to this podcast, that may be over. So you still have a battle going on, or or at least a, a perceived battle, I suppose, between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And what happened? You know, Saturday, Saturday night was kind of bizarre with the, against the New York Jets up there at MedLife Stadium uh, because going into the, the game, they said both quarterbacks would play, at least that was the plan, and that Kyle would start because Baker Mayfield started game one in the preseason against Pittsburgh. And so, okay, so Kyle does start the game, and he plays, winds up playing the entire first half. Now, later we came to find out that they were going to maybe put Baker in at the end of the second quarter like they did Kyle in game one. It didn't turn out that way. But the the most bizarre thing is this. They continue to to decline to put an end to this. And I, and I talked to Baker Mayfield, you know, up there uh, in New Jersey where we were staying, where I was staying with the team. And we sat down for a while for some stuff I'm doing later on, on him and, and, and the team. But you know, one of the things I asked him, I said, are you ready for this to be this competition to be over with yet? He just laughed and said, yeah, I am like, of course he is. Of course, everybody is. Right. And I don't know that it's a, a big secret. I mean, I, I would frankly be surprised no matter how well Trask plays this next week, whether he, it, that he would get the job. Um, it's not a knock on him. He's come a long way. And he, and in, in fact, he, as as we entered uh, Monday, I don't know if there's any games uh, on the schedule or not, but uh, Kyle Trask was the second leading passer in terms of yardage uh, in the NFL, which isn't always a good thing in the preseason, but there he is, and he's got some pretty decent numbers, you know, and I thought he played okay, uh, you know, threw a great touchdown pass and, um, you know, won the game. But But what happened in the second half is what got things off schedule, and that is, you know, instead of Baker Mayfield starting, they started John Wolford, who was the clear number three. They made it very clear to everybody, including John, that you're not comp- you're not in this. You're not competing for the number one job. 
Okay. And really whoever loses the number one job is probably going to be number two. So we're talking, if we, we carry three quarters backs on the roster, you're the third, or if, if we go practice squad route, whatever, but he's here because he understands the offense. There's some Rams uh, familiarity with it. And so he's the smartest guy in the room as they're all trying to learn this thing. So Wolford goes in and they take out the three starting offensive linemen or prospective starting offensive linemen that were playing, um, whether that's Nick Leffert or, or Robert Hainsey at center. And then you've, you know, you've got, um, uh, you got mock, uh, at guard. And of course, Luke Gedeke attack on the right side. Those guys come out to start the second half. All right. So that's, that's your lineup. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is Wolford gets hurt, but he gets hurt with one minute to go in the third quarter. And not just a little hurt. I mean, he's on the field for a while. Medical personnel's everywhere. He hurts his neck. He gets hit, gets hit hard because the line's not that great. And they're taking the guy off on a backboard. Now, thankfully, he's fine. He flew home with the team. Um, you know, he's going to be he's going to be okay. I don't know if he'll play this final preseason game or not. Um, but they need a quarterback with one minute to go. And 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 after the long delay of medical personnel and everybody else. So they put Kyle Trask back in the game. And that's when you said, oh, whoa. I mean, if, if it's a competition and, and you're only going to play one quarterback pretty much for the rest of the game, then you're like, okay, so they've had, they've had to make a choice. And every time I talk to Todd Bowles or we talk to Todd Bowles about this decision, he, he has the poker face. He doesn't change expression. Oh, it's still, we haven't decided. We'll let you know, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And it's like, but you, but, but you're at, you know, it's the old, remember the old thing, Derek, where they go like, you know, when you have a choice between believing the audio or the video, believe the video. Yeah. Right. And, and so and I work in audio, but I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because God knows you've done enough with audio. Uh, I have to, to know explain. We should believe. I'm good at explaining it. And I can explain what you're talking about with Don Bowles. It <laughs> is like, do he, it, he's not going to things. give you an answer. I know you want one. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> you've been around enough coaches. Um, and, and yeah, so, you know, so the post game was weird, right? So, so Bulls comes in and, you know, right away it's like, uh, okay. Like why didn't Baker make, well, we were going to put him in the end of the first quarter, but then we got a two minute or in the first half, but we got a two minute situation. We wanted Kyle to stay in there. And, and then we went to have them. Then we started John because we didn't really like the offensive line that was there. And then when John got hurt, we just figured, Kyle was probably warmed, was warmer. He was warmed up already. Warmed up already? Okay. Okay, let's stop there, okay? Coach lie number one. And I'm not saying he's lying, but it's a coach lie. Okay? Right. It's not a full lie. It's just, sure. it's, that's his story, right? So it's like, okay, so he's warmed up. Let's analyze this. His last pass or, or handoff or whatever it was came before a 17 to 20-minute, you know, halftime in real time then he went back on the field he didn't even bring his helmet that's how warmed up he was he didn't throw on the sideline he put a ball cap on in fact he didn't know where his helmet was fortunately an equipment guy handed it to mayfield to take out with him okay handed hit trash helmet to mayfield to carry out on the sideline so he's not planning on playing at all then to boot he's watching john wolford play 13 clock minutes which is probably about 20 to 25 minutes so i'm guessing it had been almost an hour since he had done anything football-wise, right? He's as warm as I I'm warmer in the press box than he is at this point, okay? And so so I don't buy that for a second, but okay, so he's warmer. Well, 
let's think about this. If it's a competition, and I sat down with Dave Canales, their offensive coordinator, one day last week, and he convinced me before the first preseason game, oh, no, 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 no. Preseason games, way more important than practice. Why is that? Oh, you got people in the stands. You've got uh, the, you know, the, the, the bright lights. You've got a defense that can hit you. Um, it's not like practice where no one can touch you. And, 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 and you don't know what they're going to throw at you. You have to react. Everything's re- it's like real football. So, so we, have, we put a much higher evaluation um, you know, rate on what they do in, in preseason games. Okay, okay. So let's look what's happened after two games. Kyle Trask has had a lot of reps and a lot of action in the preseason, and Baker Mayfield didn't get to play in a game. How is that a fair evaluation? If, you're, if it's a competition, that would sort of indicate that you're all going to kind of get the same chance, right? So Mayfield didn't get a chance to play at all. But yet I'm telling everybody that preseason games are more important than practice, okay? Mm. It, it, and so, so, so either Mayfield's got a beef that says, hey, wait a minute. I didn't get, I didn't get my shot, right? Or... And, and and if and this is and Trask kind of kind of threw his hands up after a while when we were talking to him after the game. Or you say, Well, we pulled the offensive line. We didn't really like the guys that were out there. So we put Kyle back in. <laughs> well, wait, wait. <laughs> well well I'd like I like to raise my hand and say that to me that's a pretty telltale sign that we didn't want to risk our starter who is oh Wait a second, Baker Mayfield getting out there with those guys. I yeah. mean, clearly that's it, but nah, I mean, I guess he, for whatever reason, like you say, doesn't want to announce it. And, and you know, Kyle being the, the, you know, you know, Kyle, he's a great kid and, he, and he's worked really hard. And he's gotten better. Um, but you ask Kyle, well, Kyle, when they put you back in, did you think, oh boy, they're, they're protecting the other guy? That yeah. means they've made a decision. He goes, look, man. I'm just trying to take advantage of the reps I can get. Okay. Like I don't every rep I can get. Yeah, I get that. I really, I do. But he said, but he also said this, but I was told we were just going to go out there and hand the ball off until we get our legs warmed up. (laughs) So in, in a way they were saying, Hey, just get us through the rest of this game, man. We'll just run the ball. Like we don't, we don't want you. Well, they wound up throwing it and, and he got hit and he got sacked and fumbled and the bucks recovered. So he was in harm's way. So it's kind of like, wait a minute. So you're, you're, you know, you say I'm in this competition, but when there's no offensive line out there, you protect the other guy. And the other guy could say, you say this is a competition, but I didn't get to play. So they both have beef, right? And none of it makes sense. If you just take it, you know, in a linear kind of explanation, it, and we've seen this before with Todd Bowles, where, you know, if you remember a year ago, they, they were – or who are they playing? You're, oh, you're not going to ask me who they're playing in the preseason. No, no, no. Okay. I'm trying to Ooh. think. I'm, I'm asking myself <laughs> here, this question. Here, here's my answer to any question. Remember that one preseason game? No. Yeah. <laughs> any yeah. beyond I'll, beyond I'll last to, week's? <laughs> no, it wasn't a preseason game. I have to think about it. But it's the time that Tom Brady, you know, they they had a chance um, late in the game. Uh, it was Cleveland. Ironically enough, they're playing the Cleveland Browns. Thank you, Rick. They're playing the <laughs> Cleveland Browns, and uh, Jacoby Brissett, I believe, is the quarterback. Yes, because Deshaun Watson had not shown up yet. So Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback. 
and they're running the ball pretty well. And the Bucks, the Bucks basically have a lead, and the Browns need a touchdown and an extra point to win to tie the game, send it in overtime, potentially. So they get down to a fourth and ten, fourth and goal at the ten, right? They don't get in on third down, and rather than call timeout because the clock is running, I guess. Top Bulls let's let's waste a bunch of time. So where there's just one more play in the game. Well, you could have called timeout because if you stop them on fourth down, the game's over for all intents and purposes. They can't get the ball back. They've used all their timeouts. Um, but if if they do score, you've got a chance with the greatest quarterback on the planet to go get them in field goal range and win the game. So that was when Bulls came out and said, well, at that point, I just felt like rather than take a chance and throw in an interception or something, we would just play for overtime. What? You got the greatest comeback quarterback in the hit. And at that point he had thrown 400 something attempts with just two interceptions. You're worried about a turnover from Tom Brady. First play. They didn't get much. Second play. He hits one down the field. And if they'd had more time, he needed about 10 or 15 yards to get him in field goal range. Could have won the game. They wound up losing. And, and so that didn't make, you know, it's one of those things where you're trying to, you know, trying to convince everybody that what you did was sound when, when clearly none of this makes sense. I'm looking at so it. I, it was fourth and ten when they scored right. from the twelve, and the previous play ended at the one sixteen mark. So yeah. They so if you call timeout there, they time. only got one more play, right? Unless right. it's a penalty. Yep. And they scored with thirty-seven. So yeah, perfect, perfect illustration. You you have those extra thirty seconds. You get your. And so ball. after after mismangling, uh, you know that that entire timeout process, he got up on the podium and doubled down again. Well, that's what he did on Monday when we had him on the conference call. Uh, I was listening in my car, um, couldn't get on to the portion where I needed to ask a question, but we had people there and it was fine. Sarah Walsh, Joey Knight, and everybody asked the right questions. And it was a double down. It was like, well, here's what happened. And he repeated the same thing. And and I'm telling you, forget the media, right? The fans are digesting. We're just conduits to them. You know this, Derek, because you do the interviews, you do all that stuff for, you know, so the people, you have access to the coaches there at USF so that people, you can, you can ask the questions they want to know. They want they don't have that access. So we're the same thing. So forget me or the media or anything. But it's basically, you know, there are there are fans out there. Some are on want trash to win the job. Some of them, some of them just have an interest in what in the process. But you're basically telling them the same thing. And it's not adding up. And they're like, wait a minute, I got news for you. And you know this too on in team sports, the players are digesting this. Yeah. Right. They they read everything or not everything, but they see the sound bites. They hear what 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 coaches and other people are saying, and they're going, huh? Like before this game, I saw Mike Evans. In fact, I was there in in New Jersey. Mike Evans says, "I want us to name a quarterback as soon as we can, yeah, because we like to have you know time reps with them. And they get reps in practice. And, you know, I'm not saying they don't, but every team sort of wants to know who's the guy. And quite frankly. They probably all know now, okay, through practice, through through repetition, whatever it is. And there's, and, you know, and I talked to Mayfield. He would like this to be over. I bet you Trask would like this to be over too, you know. The nearest thing I can think of is that this has a lot to do with Todd Bowles' background as a coordinator and what Dave Canales' wishes are. And I'll get into that in just a second. But first, <laughs> you guys got to hear this called a segue that was excellent uh, Derek, Derek taught me this <laughs> sure I did uh you did 
you know it's hurricane season, Derek? Of course you do, because there's like three of them lining up like planes at LaGuardia right now. Um, I know. The, 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 the Rays had to, you know, move their weekend up because, you know, the famous tropical storm going on in California, southern of California. Of all places, yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're all out in the Caribbean right now, but um, it is hurricane season. But the good news is that you can keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's with solar battery backup power. There is no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs, and May Electric Solar, sponsors of this great podcast, offers a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, solar battery backup saves you hundreds of dollars each month. If you lose power, a generator can cost over $2,000 a week to run, and solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit for a new system or for adding a battery to your existing in-phase solar system. You also get that tax credit. Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar's battery backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Now, what were you saying about Canalis? Okay, here's my theory, and I have lots of theories, but it's based on, you know, doing this for a minute. And I, listen... I don't have, I don't have a, a, you know, and nobody believes this, right? But like, I don't. There's, there's no dog that I'm rooting for here. I don't, I'm not betting on who's going to get the job. I don't care who gets the job. Um, my stories are going to be just based on whoever plays, how they play, and et cetera. We're going to break it down. Um, it doesn't matter to me. Um, it's interesting, but it doesn't matter to me. So, here's the thing. Todd Bowles has been a head coach now, uh, I believe, for five seasons this is this would be his sixth year he had four i think with the new york jets one with the buccaneers okay um what was he before and mostly during his career a defensive coordinator okay he's coached defensive backs like he's done some stuff but he but he's been a coordinator for a good long time enough to gain a huge reputation and a good one he still calls the defensive plays okay he's still the guy even though he has casey rogers and larry foot as co-defensive coordinators he's still currently at least doing the game planning and he let, although he let, he let Larry do it one week and Casey do it one week um, in the preseason games, but he says he's still going to keep it in the regular season. Okay, fine. But, but he's a coordinator. He's an assistant coach at heart. Yes. He's been a head coach, but what do coordinators understand? Here's what they understand. They need to be left alone by the head coach. (laughs) It's the biggest thing. It's like, look, you hired me to do my job. Let me do my job. Okay, let me coordinate this thing. If you had enough trust to hire me, I'll take input. You know, you're the head coach. I know I work for you. But at the end of the day, as they say, which I hate that phrase, but everybody uses it. It's basically you're the one in there watching the film game planning. You have to trust your guys. You have to trust your coaches when you get to game day. Um, Not that you can't have final say because you're the head coach. But, you know, as a coordinator, you like them staying out of it, right? To some degree. All right. So he's been a coordinator. And now here comes Dave Canales. Real new dude. Paid his dues. 16 years with Pete Carroll. Got passed over twice in Seattle alone for coordinator jobs, if not more. Comes to Tampa Bay. First year, he he's he is Pete Carroll Jr. Like, he's sparky, man. He's bouncing around. Real fit guy. Affable guy. Got a lot of ideas, kind of a Rams influence, you know, as well as the Seahawks influence in his offensive philosophy. But where did he come from? He came from Seattle where he was the quarterback's coach last year, among several years, but last year when Geno Smith 
and Drew Locke battled it out. Similarly, this is his experience now. And he saw what? Russell Wilson went to Denver. Everybody said Seattle's going to suck, right? Geno Smith hadn't started in six years, hadn't even played really. And they let that thing go for three preseason games, all three games. They didn't make a decision until after the final preseason game. They picked Geno Smith, and Seattle went out there, and they were good. The Bucks beat them in Germany pretty handily, but they were good. And they, but they went nine and seven. Let's not kid ourselves. They weren't thirteen and three. They didn't get a number one seed in the West, and they got beat in the first round of the playoffs. But it was a success story in Seattle, a big one, and Dave Canales was part of it. That's his experience. Now I have argued with Dave and others that, okay, but this is not this. You know, Geno Smith hadn't played at all in six years. He had been a backup. Baker Mayfield's been a starter ever since Texas Tech when he walked on, and then Oklahoma, and then. You know, five games into his rookie season at Cleveland and then in Carolina. And then they, they picked him up on waivers of the Rams and he started five games. So this is not a guy who's unfamiliar with starting football games. In fact, he's very familiar with it. Um, Kyle Trask, on the other hand, isn't a Drew Locke who had a bunch of starts for Denver. And Kyle Trask had nine regular season pass attempts. So they're not the same, but they're being treated the same. And And all I can guess, and I have some... Good. It's not a guess, but it, it, there's some good evidence that I can't, not at liberty to share with everybody, comments that are made and such during practice. But basically, um, this is Dave Canales' show. I think that I think that Todd Bowles, while he will make the decision with Jason Light or, or Dave Canales and the coaches and the quarterbacks coach and all that, while he will make that decision, I think that he wants Dave to be Dave. And, okay, you run it the way you want to. And he's insisting on a competition all the way through. Well, uh, are we going to see a competition <laughs> at some point, uh, you know, play out how it naturally should? It's just it's so bizarre. I mean, I love the angle, if it's true, for sure, of Bowles, you know, sort of giving the assistant the right to run things the way he wants to. It's just It's just weird how it's playing out, I guess. It's not it, something it puts you would him in an, it, Yeah, it puts him in an uncomfortable position, I think, because I think, in fact, I, I will raise my hand and say I will be so stunned if Kyle Trask is named the starting quarterback. I just will. And for a lot of reasons, not 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 that he hasn't played OK and stuff like that. It's just that you look at the first four games and you go, OK, let's say Kyle does start and they lose and they go to they go to Minnesota. And when they, when they go to bed on Saturday night, they're like, what are we going to get from Trask? I have no idea. You know, like, I think I know, but but he's never been in a regular season. I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, they got the skull chant going on. It's for opening day. You play at Minnesota. You come home. You better beat Chicago at home now. I don't care who's quarterbacking. You better beat the Bears. And, yes, Justin Fields and all that, doesn't matter. Okay. You better beat the Bears. Because if you don't, your reward is a Monday night game at home, good enough, against the Eagles of Philadelphia, the NFC champions. You know what? They're better, and they know it, okay? And then, if you don't get past them, you go to New Orleans. Tough place to play under any circumstance, and even Tom Brady can only beat them twice in three years, the big one being in the playoffs. So you're look, you could be staring at 1-3, one 0-4 in, one in oh if you're not careful. Let's say you do start Trask, and let's say they lose three of the four games or all four games. Now what? Now you're asking Baker Mayfield to rescue you? Wouldn't it make more sense if it went that way with with Mayfield that you turn to the young guy and say, okay, we're not saying the season's over, 
but we sure need to see what we got in this young guy. Maybe he can give us a spark, and we'll live with the mistakes. Mm. It's just hard the other way, right? Because if you start Trask and, and he doesn't do well, you're going, well, you put, you put Baker in a hole. You put your team in a hole. Right. You started the guy with no experience. Right? It's, a, it's almost like a built-in built in backup plan to go the other way with exactly. May, May, Mayfield first. Yeah. Exactly, I'm, and I, I think so. You talked about uh, Trask, and i got to say I'm pretty impressed that it sounds like he gave the media plenty of time after the game on Saturday night, but it, he it did. does sound like it was uncomfortable. Am I wrong about that? No, it was uncomfortable, and I think it was uncomfortable for both. Uh, you know, not that I give a damn. I mean, I'll ask whatever questions I need <laughs> to ask, but, but he, you know, it was annoying to him at some point. But they couldn't put another quarterback up there because Wolford was in the hospital. And the other guy was out of the locker room before any of us got there. Yeah, there's like the other part. Vaughn. <laughs> Vapor. You know what I'm saying? So Kyle was up there kind of to struggle along. Like, And I know, you know, the Bucks PR guys tried to brief him on what Bulls said. But when you get down to it, you go like, hey, um, so he said he put you back in the game because he didn't like the offensive line. What does that say? You know, and, and, hmm. and, and he's like, at some point, you just got frustrated. Say, look, man, okay, I'm just, I'm just doing what I'm told, man. I'm just out there. Thank God Baker got my helmet from the equipment guy or I wouldn't have been able to go in the game. You know, like I didn't even have my helmet. Like that's how prepared he was to play again. So wait, um, uh, I can ask uh, Baker Mayfield was long gone. So he just got a quick shower. Or he was already showered up. I don't it? know. Okay. It's a great question. I really don't know because there's a, there's a few things going on with Baker Mayfield right now. This was tagged on to my story. It was actually a story out of Houston or uh, out of Austin, Texas. Um, and this one's a weird one. We'll have to ask Baker about it when we see him again and or his attorneys if I can reach them. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this one. So about the middle of the game, um, this came from a TV station down there that attorneys represented Baker Mayfield sort of filed a petition um, to get information about the whereabouts of some $12 million of his uh, that he had given to a number of investment firms kind of under the same umbrella. Um, and uh, he's not alleging that that there was misappropriation here necessarily, but he's saying, we'd like to know. We'd like to know. And if we can't know, then, you know, we want to know if it's been stolen, if it still exists, like where's the money, basically. And oh, by the way, two at least two of his relatives work for said firms. This is where it gets messy to me. And so I contacted his agent, Jack Mills, and basically Jack said, uh, yeah, I know the attorney's names. I don't have it in front of me. I'm on vacation. But we're talking about his dad and his brother. Oh. Yeah, right? That's what I was That sounds like a story. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I mean, if... If the dad and the brother, like the easy thing would be if I had a relative that was taking care of my money, like, yo, man, where's my money? You know what I mean? So, like, if if they're there and 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 his business is there, 
it's probably there because the dad and the brother work for these folks or, or run it or whatever. And you're having to file petition with a court. That sounds messy to me, man. It's not a little bit of money. It's 12 million. And I haven't looked up Baker's, you know, what he's made in the five seasons as a, you know, as an NFL quarterback, but even as a first overall pick, I'm guessing after taxes, it ain't a whole hell of a lot more than 20 million or 22 or 23 million. And then you take taxes out of that. Like that's, that's the bulk of what he's probably saved or could have saved. So there's that. Well, uh, we'll hold that until uh, we get a little bit more definition on it. But outside mm-hmm. of quarterback, Rick obviously is watching the game. And I don't, by the way, I got to say, I'm not shocked, but Rondé Barber and Chris Myers work really well together. Uh, honestly, I'm so knee deep into USF. I don't follow everything that goes on with the Bucks like you do, but I felt I was caught up, you know, in, in the first half. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I liked uh, you know, the the Palmer kid. I mean, they're going to have to have a uh, third wide receiver, but uh, along with that positive development, what else did you like as far as uh, other guys that showed out? Well, uh, you, it does. You're, you're right. It starts with Trey Palmer. And I, I'm, you know, again, preseason is, is sometimes fool's gold because you have a lot of players that can play going against guys that in a week will be trying to get jobs with insurance companies, car sales. I mean, and I'm not knocking those professions. I'm just saying they're going to be out of the league. They're going to be out of a job. They'll be looking to the XFL or USFL, which is fine. Some will be on the practice squad, but there's not 90, you know, guys that are going to make this roster is like 53 and then maybe 16 practice players or something like that. But Trey Palmer, how this dude, I mean, you cover college football. So this guy was at LSU. Have they had any good receivers of late? <laughs> they <laughs> had, mean, too, like, they had too many good receivers for him to make an imprint there. He couldn't make a big, yeah. Like he, you know, I mean, just look at the guys that have gone to the NFL and he was behind a bunch of them. And so he was there for three years and then he went in the transfer portal and he chose that, you know, air it out, dynamic, air it out <laughs> passing program of Nebraska. Okay. Where he goes and in one year, and maybe this is more about Nebraska than Trey Palmer sets the same, right. they've been playing football in a while for a while there, by the way, sets the single season, uh, receiving yards mark in one season at Nebraska. Okay. And they don't throw the ball very well there now. So he goes over a thousand yards, and, and he then had he goes seventy-one to the catches, by the way, which is yeah, hard to believe. Yeah, he caught all their passes. Yeah, basically, <laughs> he was the only guy that they completed one. It was his, and so then then he goes to the combine. You're like, all right, well, let's see what he can do with it. Four three three forty. Oh, and I know guys run fast these days. Like it's not you know you see you go oh he ran four four five or it's like no four three three forty and. Is what is he? Is he small? Is he five foot eight? Is he five? no, dude, six foot? You know, um, he's not a small receiver. He's a decently sized guy with with you know a, a big catch radius and all of that. And he can track the ball. He was a baseball player. That's what he grew up doing was playing baseball, and became a football player. But you know, he's been around some stuff. And he's from Louisiana. And I don't know what it is. Some you know, like he said. Some people say it's in the water. But basically. All them dudes are badasses, you know, when it comes to receiving. So Palmer, who had that re- incredible eight-yard touchdown catch in, in game one in the preseason where he, you know, full extension, it was a great ball by Baker, but the toe tap in the back of the end zone was remarkable for a young player. He gets that touchdown, and they made plays. So they had one practice with the Jets, which we can get into some other day about why the Jets kind of screwed the Bucks. They're supposed to have two practices. but but So he has one practice with the Jets. 
and he's running by Sauce Gardner. Like Sauce Gardner was the, the rookie defensive player of the year in the NFL. And this cat's turning him around, right? And Trask is throwing bombs to him 60 yards in practice. And he's catching back shoulder fades, and he's, you know, dig routes over the middle. He's diving for Like, he had a great day against a really good defense. And they were playing their number one defense against them. And so he goes out in the game, and what you love about him is that's when the lights come on. That's when he shines the brightest. And that's what you're. That's why you play these games because you want to see, you know, where's the stage. Too, it's not too big for him. So he has the 33-yard touchdown reception on a ball that is kind of thrown where it had to be, but it was going to get away. And and Palmer jumps up, grabs it with one hand, tips it to himself, and comes down in the end zone, in the back of the end zone, with it, and makes just another circus catch and shows that. Not only can he get open, but he finishes. You know, he finishes with difficult plays. Hmm. The other guy that I absolutely – and so I think Palmer's going to be their third receiver. Know. You know, they, Actually, they lose Russell Gage. I was looking real quick at his college stats, and I didn't realize, you know, first two years, second second year at LSU, 10 catches. He had 10 catches in a game last year. Uh, yeah. He had seven for 237 against uh, Purdue. He had nine for 165 against Iowa. So the, I'm, I'm 237 su- against Purdue. I mean, that's not I, yeah, horrible. I'm surprised that he lasted until he did. But go ahead. Who else are we talking yeah, about? So six-round pick with those. <laughs> measurables and I think the Bucks have a steal and with Russell Gage going down to me he right now is your your wide receiver three then they have the running back from Syracuse you probably have heard about this guy um before Derek because you followed college football Sean Tucker who yep. was a guy that that would have been drafted but there was a heart condition that we still don't completely know about I don't know if it was COVID related I don't know what it was yep. nobody would tell us and so he was held out of the OTAs the Bucks signed him gave him a little bit of money to come here and the dude had a great game, and they were not running the ball very well until he got in the game. Um, but he got in the game in the second quarter, uh, got outside on a fourth and one, uh, went 26 yards. It was the longest run of the game for the Bucks. Uh, he led all the running backs with 37 rushing yards. He also caught three passes for 18 yards, including a screen pass that went for 15. Now, he's outplayed Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn had... His first two carries were for negative nine and nine yards. And there were five carries in the first half that went for negative yardage. And Chase Edmonds didn't play because he was hurt. So now all of a sudden Tucker has a shot really to go as high as number two because, you know, Rashad White is the guy that uh, that they have as their, their starting running back. Um, I thought that uh, there were some big moments for Zion McCallum, who's not a great tackler. Um but he had two or three plays where you know he he got the he got the the ball carrier down on the ground, which was not so he made a lot of progress because he had been missing a lot of tackles. We talked about Trask, D. Delaney could have had two turnovers. He did have kind of a shoe top interception in the end zone, um, and they kept the Jets out of the end zone, which is hard to do. Mm. Uh, Chris Isian was out, and he's usually their nickel. And uh, D. Delaney got to play a lot, and he really stepped up, um, kind of like McCallum did. So he had a nice game. And, and this player from Maryland, another receiver, they're loaded at receiver. This guy was undrafted, and they gave him some money to sign here. Rakim Jarrett uh, got to play, and he made a bunch of, like, dazzling catches and different defenders all over him, uh, showed his athleticism. You know, um, he was one of the big reasons that they were able to really move the ball sort of late in the game, and he wound up leading the Bucks with three catches for 84 yards. I mean, that's a pretty damn big average right 
Um, Tucker, so incidentally, are, you talk about him. I mean, he had 1,500 yards in one yeah. season at Syracuse, ended up with more than 3,000 yards. And it's just, I guess, an illustration of the running back position, how it's become viewed as almost yeah. a dime a dozen. Well, I mean, this guy was one of the best in the country. And I, yeah. I don't really – either do I know about this heart condition. So, I mean, again, good, good find, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you're right. I think one of the reasons why, and it's, you know, I tell people all the time, like this running back thing, it's like, well, you know, that when you have a hard salary cap, it's an allocation system. So it's like, how much do we want to spend, um, you know, and it's a passing league now. I mean, yeah, you do you need running backs? Sure. But there's more running backs available than guys that are six foot four that run a four, four, 40 that can catch the ball over the middle as receivers. So what they're doing is they're paying people who help the quarterback. They're paying the quarterback, obviously. <laughs> they're paying people who can protect the quarterback, the tackles, and and the guys who catch the passes. Not so much with the running backs because there's so many of them, and it's a passing league now. So you need a guy out of the backfield who can catch, but not necessarily one guy that can do it all. So you, you split up the duties there. And and that's, you know, that's why – the value or the, 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 you know, sort of the salaries have gone the way they have for running backs. Cause there's just so damn many of them and they're kind of discouraging the practice of running ball. I know some teams are trying to get back to it, but um, yeah, but for a guy from for that much production, and I think it was the medical that got him. Sure. 36 you know, catches to... while you're talking about catching the ball out of the backfield, 30, yeah. 36 last year at Syracuse. Yeah. Not bad for college. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, Syracuse is a viable program. Um, JJ Russell had a good game. He was a linebacker that, um, you know, I think he, uh, he recovered, uh, he forced a fumble that Anthony Nelson recovered. Anthony Nelson shows up with the ball all the time. Um, he forced a turnover for a second straight week. You always love that. Will Golston got to play a lot. We know what he's all about. Um, I mentioned D Delaney. So yeah. And then, and then of course, Trask himself. I mean, it's weird. Like you never want to necessarily lead the league in, in the preseason and passing. Cause that just means that they're playing you a lot, which means you usually don't have a chance at starting, but in Kyle Trask's case, you know, he's made a case for himself um, being as productive as he's been. And on just to, just to confirm it on the other side, not that we care too much about the jets, the fact that uh, they went with uh, Zach Wilson and we never saw Aaron Rodgers. Should we read too much into that? Or do you think Rodgers is going to be the starter? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, uh, the one thing I did read into it being up there was that uh, for all the hoopla and it is, I mean, it's New York, right? Yeah. Um, and the jets fans are there and you know, it, it's, there's energy. Like you can, you feel a lot of what they felt here in Tampa with, with Tom Brady. You really do. It's huh. very similar in, in that sense. However, their offensive line, you know, the one thing the Bucks had going for them was the year that Brady got here, they drafted Tristan Wirfs. And that dude is going to wear a gold jacket. I don't care whether he's left or right tackle if he plays 10 years. So they had a stable offensive line. Jensen was healthy and playing center. Ali Marpet was still at guard. Donovan Smith wasn't bad still, and he was at tackle. And so on and so forth. So they they had some guys in the continuity of that offensive line. And during the whole year, they had the same five until they got to the postseason and they got Alex Kappa hurt. And then Aaron Stinney went in and played all the way through the Super Bowl. So they had a really good offensive line. Not so much for the Jets. <laughs> the Jets, when the Bucks scrimmage the Jets, the, you know what the Jets are right now? They're a fantastic seven on seven team. No one in the NFL would beat those guys if they if it was a seven on seven league. No one. And they came out on um, on Wednesday. The first two balls, first ball, drop back Aaron Rodgers over the head of Carlton Davis, touchdown. Second ball, 
They put in uh, they put in Zach Wilson. Same thing over the head, the defender touchdown. But then you then you put real players on the field that can affect the pass rush, and 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 you know Rodgers would have been sacked a bunch of times, and the Bucks defense really got after. Their offensive line is bad. That's why if you watch Hard Knocks, you saw Robert Sally getting on uh, his offensive lineman uh, in a kind of a profanity laced uh, segment that I'm sure he rehearsed. Um, and so you know it's. Uh, it's going to be interesting, and no, Rodgers isn't playing because they don't want to get the franchise. I mean, <laughs> the the approach to preseason it's is tough. so diametrically different than it used to be. Now it's not, yeah, we don't want any of our guys playing, right? Like for any of the games, it's crazy. I know, I know. It's uh, you know, God bless you for covering it like you do, because you've yeah, seen it well, all before and you know what it's at. But uh, we're all worried about the fortieth <laughs> player on the roster. Yeah, that, uh, I know, picking up the pieces uh, of of information where you can you did a great job of it well that that was a good 40 minutes on the bucks and i think uh, that's what people want to hear but i'll tell you uh, on tomorrow's show maybe we'll touch a little bit on what was a crazy like historically crazy day for the rays in anaheim and they'll be back on the field not until tuesday back at home and then a little bit on usf which may be announcing its quarterback or maybe not by the way until the opener uh, and when I say really? that, and when I say that, they'll have decided it, but don't want to announce it. So we'll, we'll we'll detail that more. But if you guys want to hear some USF programming, my my show that I do uh, three days a week is called Bulls Beat, and you can just go to the TuneIn app, type Bulls Unlimited, and that's where you can listen to the channel. The show starts at seven, goes until ten. A lot of cool football audio from. Uh, this weekend, actually, as we're taping this, about to head to an event that we'll be covering, and trust me, you'll want to hear. And then, uh, again, when anything happens, not only will we announce it via the show, but we've got plenty of play-by-play. This week is when it really gets ramped up. Uh, women's soccer started this past weekend. We've got uh, them on the air this week. we got volleyball is actually playing at Amelie Arena on Friday night in a big event to start off the volleyball season because USF is technically the host of the Final Four this year. So a lot happening. We love covering it. And if you want to follow me, just go to Twitter or X, Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P, and I'm always tweeting out links to what we've uh, got on the air. And women's soccer had a big win, and then not such a great performance. Yeah, that. That, that was the. Uh, if you'd have told me they were going to split their opening weekend, I would have said, "Of course, they're going to lose to LSU and then beat Louisiana, a team that won three games last year." But it was just the opposite. Big time win, and then Sunday, 101 degrees, and I was watching it actually online, and you could tell they were just a step or maybe a step and a half slow. And Louisiana was probably faster than they thought they'd be, and they lost two nothing. But still, a lot of good stuff going on at the school. Trust me, that will uh, touch maybe a little bit more on tomorrow's show. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for college football. Yes, I, sir. I, I really I enjoy so much, uh, and I know it's crazy time, right, with all the realignments and and uh, NILs and you know FTDs and whatever that's going on. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but basically. Uh, uh, you know, give me some college football and you turn it on Saturday and you got game day like that. That says fall to me, even though it's 90 here. Yeah, it says fall to me. <laughs> and we got to experience a little bit of fall weather up there in uh, in New York. It was really nice. It was like low 60s in the morning a couple of times. It's like, I, I'm like, I'm not going to feel this oh, till man. December. I hate you so yeah. much now that you're saying that. But yeah, oh, it's, it was uh, great. by the way, Saturday, we're looking at 
Navy at Notre Dame. We got Saint, uh, it, it doesn't matter who it is, granted. Actually, there should be some games on Thursday. No, it all starts on Saturday, August 26th. They call it Week Zero. because Week not, Zero, that's <laughs> right. Not many teams play. There's just seven games, but I don't care. Oh, never mind. When I say I don't care, the traditional oh, rivalry, can. here we go, Hawaii at Vanderbilt. There you go. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm ready. But yeah, um, week zero. Yeah, week, week zero one. should be sponsored by Coke Zero. <laughs> there you go. Don't you think? Week one is going to be USF at Western Kentucky. So uh, a lot of lot, we'll give you guys a little chatter on that uh, on the podcast uh, tomorrow. Yeah, first game for uh, Alex Golish. I mean, you got a whole new regime starting over there, so that'll be exciting. So we'll talk more about uh, USF and, and college football, what's going on. They got to name a quarterback. Maybe they can call Todd Bowles and figure out how you do this thing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you just get an envelope or something on game day and uh, you know pull it out of a hat. But I, I don't know exactly how this is going down. You can send us your mailback questions, too. We got time for that tomorrow. Um, the Rays are making their way back home. They played their uh, last game of the series in Anaheim early to avoid the hurricane. Uh, so they don't uh, play for a bit, and then it's Colorado coming to the trap. Um, but send those to us uh, at to me at SportsDayTP on Twitter. You, you can uh, reach me at NFL Stroud on Twitter, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Great to be back, back, back with Derek Sharp. Be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. For Steve Bursnick, who should be returning Wednesday at least by then. Uh, I am Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.